What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head. But mostly role-playing games, because they can keep going and going and going. Okay, so I've been listening to Persistence of Time, the album by the amazing band Anthrax, for like the past hour or so to get pumped up for this episode. Why? Because this is a time-themed episode. These two, I got two sets of calls, both deal with time in their own way. Uh, and the really interesting thing about this is... These calls are in responses to messages I sent in to these fellas on their show. So that's cool. My messages haven't played yet, but I'll do my best to include the link to these episodes and questions. And I will definitely give the give the messages some context. <laughs> so that's what's going on here. Um, these first messages are from Brian of the Have to Look That Up podcast. You guys all know that. You're all already listening to Have to Look That Up for sure. It was really nice to hear a new episode from you, Brian. Um, and yeah, so he was talking about how he can get burned out playing, um, whether online or in person, playing in like, you know, four hour long games. Uh, and so I called in to his show talking about I feel that way online, but like I miss the days of sitting around the table and playing till the session is over. Right. Like if that takes four hours, great. If that takes eight hours, also great. Like you play till the session's over and I just miss those. And I talked about how, uh, you know, with these set time limits on these online games, cause everybody, including me, like I get burned out online after a little while, like, Sometimes things just feel rushed or condensed, you know, but anyway, so that that's what the call's about. I was talking about how, you know, it's cool to be able to play all day and dive into the game and stuff. And Brian sent some amazing messages back. So let's hear what Brian has to say to me on my show about what I said to him on his show. <laughs> Got it. It's super easy. Check it out. Hey, Joe, it's Brian calling from Singapore. Yeah, man, thank you for sending me a message. Greatly appreciated. I will probably include it the next time I record. But, you know, actually your perspective on kind of kind of thinking about playing a longer online game, I, I, it gave, gave me some pause for thought. I'm wondering if, if I haven't been just a little bit burnt out, I guess two things, one by definitely the teleconference zoom environment we were all in, but also maybe thinking about it in terms of trying to fit gaming into other activities, because the way that, that when you mentioned getting into the game and immersing yourself for a long time, I kind of see that. And I'm wondering if I had like an all, like all day to devote to a game. And if it was online, you're right. I'm, I might actually think about it differently because I'm always trying to think about it as crammed in between everything else, unfortunately. I realized that on Saturday playing with the local group here, I could have definitely stayed longer uh, given, you know, we'd, we'd played for about four hours plus, you know, when we were starting to be part of this campaign. So I think given a little break to get some food and beers, if the other guys wanted to play, I could have. But as, as, as great as the game was, I think a lot of that was just driven by the fact that I knew that unless I had some work activities, 
my weekend is free here in, here in Singapore for business. Uh, you know, no other, no other household requirements. So uh, I'm going to have to give that uh, some thought and maybe just devote an entire day to gaming. And then I may not be as phased by the online. So thanks for that. Oh yeah, quick update. Definitely enjoy some uh, some Tiger beer for you. I'll be thinking of you now that it's a little bit easier to get out and gather in groups uh, here in Singapore. And I will definitely uh, have some more Singapore craft beer. Maybe have to give some uh, reviews for you next time. Cheers. Well, Brian, the easiest thing to do to fix the situation is just have no responsibilities, man. <laughs> I I have some of the fewest responsibilities of any adult I know. Well, I don't, that's not true. You know, I, I, I have a job and stuff and I have a house. Well, I rent a house and all that stuff, but you know, not married, single dude, no kids. I got a lot of free time. So it's easy for me to be like, yeah, let's all play eight hour games. Not everyone can do that. I, <laughs> I'm fully cognizant of that, man. But yeah, just, it, it, there is something about playing a game all day. Like, yeah, there, that, like that, cause that's how I used to play when we were kids, right? Like, I'd go over to my buddy Mark's house, my first ever dungeon master. That's not true. I forget who the first, it might have been my friend Kevin who ran the first session. I don't think so, though. Of AD&D, because like I've said before, I, we played a couple sessions of AD&D, but we quickly f- switched over to Merp. And Mark was our one and only Merp Dungeon Master. Then we moved to Rollmaster and kind of intermingled the two. Um, yeah, so, you know, we'd go over to his house, spend the night, and just play from, you know, like Saturday afternoon till Sunday morning, just nonstop playing. Uh, all hopped up on Coca-Cola and goldfish crackers and shit. Like there's something about that. (laughs) That's, that's my nostalgia. Like forget what game or what edition or anything like that. My nostalgia with role-playing games is playing all night and drinking sodas and eating snacks with your friends, having an awesome time. That's, that's my old school revolution right there. Let's get back to that. Um, (laughs) that's real gaming. Uh, anyway, man, Brian, I'm glad you made it to Singapore safe. I'm that's cool to hear you're getting some gaming in over there. I'm currently standing out on my balcony as it pours down. Well, it's not pouring rain anymore, but it's rain nonstop all day today and it's almost summer. So (laughs) that's, that's pretty cool. That's Seattle for y'all. But dude, thanks for those messages. Those were those were awesome, man. And I, yeah, do whatever you want with the message I sent you. Uh, so I just really appreciate it, man. This next set of calls, this next set of calls is from Safer of Safer Fantasy Crafting. And if you haven't listened to his latest episode yet about time, you got to do that. You have to do that. It's fascinating, man. Safer is a super smart dude. You can tell by the way he talks about stuff, just the way he talks about time in this episode. It's amazing. You guys got to check it out. Uh, And so he was talking about my boy, Albert Einstein, a little bit. And so I had to call in and, you know, 
we were talking about uh, science and empirical science. And I called in to, uh, you know, let Safer know that, in fact, a lot of Einstein's theories have been empirically proven scientifically uh, through different experiments where they replicate the results, including um, time displacement, you know, where if you travel close to the speed of light, time moves differently for you and how that's used in like GPS tracking with satellites today. Like it's used in practical applications all the time. You can measure, you don't even have to go into space to measure that one. Uh, it works with like airplanes and stuff anyway. Anyway, so that, that's what I said, right? I said, but these, these have been proven empirically. And he called me up with some fascinating thoughts on the subject, a really cool perspective uh, and one that I can, I can get behind, man. I hear you. I hear you on this, Safer. So let's hear from Safer, and then I'll get back to it. Hello, Joe. It's just Safer. Thank you for the message and for the words of encouragement, mate. I'm glad you enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, on real science, when it comes to it, yeah, I accept I'm an idiot. I think I may be slipping onto the dark side and onto the wrong side of history and joining the ranks of the uh, hordes of ignoramuses. I do seem to take a bit too much glee when science finds some new evidence that disproves all their previous theories. I think I like that a little bit too much. I do wonder if some of the things that they seem to see as reproducible observable evidence is so small in it's within the realms of margins of error and perhaps like the early chemists they're getting reproducible results for reasons that they think are the reasons but they're not actually the reasons they're getting reproducible results for other reasons that they haven't really worked out yet so uh, yeah I accept I'm an idiot I'm prepared to defer to their expertise but as long as I suppose they're accepting new evidence I think that's hopeful that they're staying a science and not becoming some dogmatic religion I have hope for that Hey Joe, it's just Safer. I'm just, I realised there's a couple of podcasts that I've missed of yours. I'm just catching up on them. I'm just starting to listen to them now. And uh, yeah, you talk of Conan's, made me realise I haven't read any Conan. I really need to do something about that. I think, yeah, I want, I want, I think I need to go and gen up on Sword and Sorcery and get a bit more about that. I think, because yeah, I really did enjoy their movies and I do like the genre, genre. So I think I need to uh, gen up on that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I did want to say just about what I said about my previous message, you know. You may be surprised to hear that I actually studied chemistry and I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for about three to four years until I was 25. And then I got made redundant and I, and I walked away from the whole thing and I never went back to it. So the, I think the truth is I'm probably just some jilted bitch who's uh, jealous and envious. <laughs> I, just, you know, I think I'm just carrying the bitterness from that breakup with me. Okay, Joe, take care, man. You may be a jilted bitch, but you are one hell of a smart dude, Safer. Man, uh, one, I am absolutely not in the least bit surprised that you are trained in the sciences and worked in the sciences. Like I said earlier, just hearing that episode, the way you talked about time, I definitely got the sense that you knew what you were talking about, right? Like... Uh, which is why I was like, holy crap, this episode rules. <laughs> I, I love physics and cosmology and quantum physics and astro astromancy, all that astromancy, astronomy. <laughs> um, yeah. And what you said there, dude, where you talked about how you take a lot of glee when science discovers new things that kind of proves 
their old way of thinking was wrong, that, that you should. I do all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what we want science to do. Science should always be attempting to disprove itself. And it's not really that it's disproving. It's building on itself. That's what it's supposed to do. You know, I'm that way with world history, the history of humanity, the history of this planet. Uh, you know, there used to be this conceit that all hum all early humans live short, meager. What's that quote by that British dude? Short, meager, dangerous, awful lives. Um, and it's been a straight, steady line progression of human progress since then. And that's now every day, pretty much there are new discoveries coming out that shows that, no, that wasn't true. That that's not true. These people were way more advanced than we give them credit for. And I'm not talking about ancient aliens. I'm not talking about any of that, but these ancient peoples were far more advanced than we give them credit for. I mean, hell look at the pyramids. We have no idea how they built those pyramids. None. There's no, there's, like the whole myth about slaves and everything. No, that, that, that's been basically proven, um, to not even be remotely possible. So yeah, I, man, I love thinking about science differently. And so, you know, you're right. What if the way we're showing repeatable results to these, theories of Einstein, you know, with the theory of gravity, the way light bends around stars and all that stuff, which has been shown to be accurate. What if we're seeing it correctly, but for the wrong reasons, you know, not for, like you said, not for the reasons we think. And that, I feel like that's, yeah, that's starting to come out. Um, the more discoveries we keep making in space, is starting to be like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, there, there might be some other physics we don't quite understand. You know, we don't, like, the universe is expanding faster in different parts than in other parts, according to our best measurements and guesses and stuff, and we don't really get it, right? According to what we currently understand as people is that as you know a scientific community is that the universe should be expanding everywhere at the same time at a fairly constant rate but it's not <laughs> and that's weird um so yeah like it's it's cool we're discovering new shit every day uh and yeah we can't science cannot get stuck in thinking that what we know now is exactly the way it is because it's not we we're going to think about things way different in a hundred years than we do now look at a hundred years ago 1920 the 20s were when einstein and browning and schrodinger and all those dudes were coming up thinking crazy ideas that no one had thought of before in a hundred years from now it's going to be like that again i'm sure and it's a bummer. Who knows? Maybe by then we all still will be around, <laughs> you know, maybe they'll figure it out. But anyway, man, thank you for the awesome message messages safer. And yeah, dude, check out some Conan stuff. They're good. Uh, Howard is a pretty decent writer when he's not being a total asshole in his books, but they're fun stories. 
Tower of the Elephant is awesome. That's, that's, oh man, is that my favorite Conan story? I don't know. That's a really, really good one though. I hope you check them out. I hope you really like them, dude. And uh, yeah, thanks for the message. All right, let me get out of here. I've just rambled for a minute. Yeah, so this was fun. This is an awesome episode. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you, dude, so much. Thank you, Brian and Safer. I really, really appreciate it. I thought that was cool that you guys called into me instead of like making me wait. Because <laughs> I love hearing from you guys. I love the way you think, and it's just, it's awesome, man. I love this community. Anchor's a ton of fun, you know. If you've never called in and have wanted to, do it, man. Do it. <laughs> anyway, what else? Oh, Brian, I love Tiger Beer. That's, yeah, man, that's a good one. And I can't wait to hear some reviews of delicious beers from Singapore. And, yeah, just a little more on the on the pyramids, I guess. I was <laughs> thinking about that some more. So basically, you can't have it, it can't be the way current Egyptologists say it happened. It cannot be that way. In the amount of time they say that it took to build the pyramids, that Khufu took to build the pyramids, it would be impossible to have cut all those bricks, all those stone blocks, transport them and build those pyramids with the technology that we give them which is just basically copper saws sand and water um so either either it took way longer than that and khufu wasn't the one who built them or they had better technology than we give them credit for so either way it is what we currently understand as to how the pyramids got built is wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's literally be impossible uh, to build them in the time and fashion current mainstream thinking says they were built. So yeah, that's fun. <laughs> that's the beauty of science. Except there is dogma. There is dogma in Egyptology, and it's sad. But it's starting to slip. It's starting to slip one day we'll get closer to the truth and that'll be awesome and no I don't think it was ancient aliens I don't but was it dinosaurs <laughs> did goddamn dinosaurs help to build the pyramids I don't know look into that type into google did dinosaurs help build the pyramids I'm not the first person to have said that because I heard it the other day and I was like, damn, that's a crazy theory. <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh, man. I did spend nine hours the other day watching a video while I was doing other stuff of uh, this dude doing like a two to three minute breakdown of a ton of different conspiracies. So nine hours, two to three minutes, that's a couple hundred conspiracy theories. And I was just like, damn, people think weird things. <laughs> Speaking of people thinking weird things, I'm going to get out of here because I'm a total weirdo. 
Go check out, have to look that up, and go check out Safer Fantasy Crafting, their latest episodes. They're both awesome. And I will, uh, I will talk to you all soon. Peace out. Time is a trip, though, right? Like, man, why, why does the arrow of time just point in one direction? You know? According to physics, it could go backwards and forwards. Everything's reversible. If you knew every single little parameter about an egg breaking, if you drop an egg, you would be able to rebuild it. Uh, if you knew the trajectory of everything and you knew all the info you could about an egg drop, you could rebuild it. Um, yeah, like it's 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 crazy. Safer talked about how time is just um, it's just an expression of entropy, which, yeah, maybe time isn't really a thing. And it is just an expression of entropy or maybe entropy is just an expression of time. Maybe the reason things break down is because they go through the time stream and the time wears them down almost like erosion. I don't know. It's a trip. I don't know if we'll ever figure it out, but it sure is fun to think about.